Welcome to the How Did You Get Into That podcast. Each week, we want to bring you an inspiring interview or encouraging message to help you find and do work you love. Now, here's your host, Grant Baldwin. What is up, my friends? Welcome back to another episode of How Did You Get Into That? My name is Grant Baldwin, and I am glad that you are here today. We've got a great show for you today. I think they're all great. It's like choosing a favorite child. I have three little girls. And if you were to ask me, pick my favorite, you can't do that. You can't do that. That's just, that's bad parenting. That's bad adulting. You you can't do that. They're all favorites. And today, today is a good one. It's not the favorite because you can't have a favorite, but I like this one for sure. And it's a good one. You're going to like it. But before we get into that, let me remind you, several of you uh, have emailed me over the past several weeks or months saying, hey, Grant, I know that you're a speaker. I know that you do a lot of speaking and speeching. I don't even think that's a word, but you're interested in speaking and want to know how you could get started. So we put together a free email course that you can check out. Uh, Just go to bookedandpaidtospeak.com. Again, that's bookedandpaidtospeak.com. There you can get a nine email course all about how to get started as a speaker. We go way in depth, walking you through exactly what you need to do, things that you need to be thinking about, figuring out what you want to talk about, who you want to talk to, structuring your talk, fees, negotiating, all of that stuff we cover in that email course. So again, you can check that out totally for free over at bookedandpaidtospeak.com. All right, today we're joined by my buddy Aaron Walker, who is just an all-around good dude. This is a guy that I look up to, admire, have a massive amount of respect for. He's the kind of guy that I'm like, that's the type of dude that I want to be. In another 20 years or so, he's the kind of human that I want to become. So really, really great guy. I have a huge amount of respect for him. Uh, He's done a variety of different things in business and in life. And really just the kind of human that he is, is really what I want you to catch today. So let's not waste any time. Let's get right into it. Also, make sure that you download the bonus material As always, if you enjoyed the chit-chat that we have, you can always download a couple extra minutes over in the bonus round. One thing, actually, I'll mention to you that we have just implemented that you've been asking for and we have listened and we have responded is some of you are like, I love downloading the bonus material for every single episode, but I hate having to enter my name and email and all that. Totally understand, totally get that. So what we've done is we've basically, we've put everything on one page. All the bonus material that we've done so far is all on one single page. So once you register once, then you have access to all of them. So you don't have to go through one at a time. So try to make it a little simpler, a little easier for you to do that. Again, you can find that over at grantbaldwin.com slash podcast. And just click again, the show notes on any particular episode. I think we've been doing this for maybe the past 50 or so, give or take. And so you can download that bonus material and uh, catch a couple extra minutes there of each individual episode. So, all right, without further delay, let's get right into it. Here's my uh, chit chat with my buddy, mentor friend, Aaron Walker. Enjoy. What is up, my friends? Welcome back to another episode of How Did You Get Into That? Today, we are joined by my buddy, Aaron Walker, and talking about his journey, his story. This guy is to me, he's a living legend. I mean, this guy is a guy that I really look up to, admire, have massive amount of respect for, not just in business, but in life. He's the kind of guy, kind of man that I definitely want to become. So appreciative of him sticking around and uh, hanging out with us for a few minutes here. So Aaron, how you doing, buddy? Hey, Grant. Man, I'm only a legend in my own mind, though. I'm not <laughs> a legend in anybody else's. Thanks for having me on. All right, buddy. Give us a snapshot of your business today. You run the gamut of different things that you've done. We're going to be getting into a lot of that, but what does business look like for you at 
this current moment? You know, I coach ordinary men into being extraordinary men. I have view from the top. I'm a life and business coach. I've got 37 years of business experience, and I just feel like that I can aid guys, helping them take their life to the next level. Why is it that it seems like a lot of people, they get to that stage in life where you're kind of, you've done a lot in business, you've accomplished a lot, and you just kind of, it seems like you start turning your attention towards things like legacy and thinking about how you impact other people in a significant way. Why is that? Like, of all the different things you could be doing, I mean, you could be running some traditional brick and mortar business. Why is it the, the need to invest in other people in the way that you do? You know, it took a tragedy for me, Grant, to really realize that back August 1st, 2001, I had an automobile accident where I hit a pedestrian and it really took the wind out of my sails. You know, it made me step back and think. And unfortunately, he didn't make it. I mean, three days later, he passed away in the Vanderbilt trauma unit. And I'm like, oh, man, this could happen to me. You know, I mean, what would my legacy be? Because we're all leaving a legacy. It's like, what would mine be? And up to that point, it would have been about myself. It would have been about success. And Dave Ramsey's a buddy of mine, and he took Robin and I to Amelia Island years ago, and we heard a speaker named Bob Buford speak. He wrote a book called Halftime, and he said a lot of guys live the first half of their life chasing success, and then they discover in later years that significance is missing. That is exactly what happened to me, and I discovered it, unfortunately, through an accident. And so I'm teaching guys now, don't wait till something tragic happens. Invest now and be successful, but also be significant. What was it about the accident that kind of flipped that switch for you? Well, I just thought that what would my legacy be? You know, people would say about me, you know, if that were to have happened to me, they'd say, well, that guy was successful and his whole life was wrapped up in himself. And I thought, well, that's pretty selfish, you know, to be able to sit and say people would look at you and say, well, he was successful in his own right, but it was just for he and his family. And I thought there's more to life and there is, and that's to look outward rather than inward. So how do you, like, you don't want to, like, have that type of accident happen on purpose to wake you up, but oftentimes it is those type of, like, big life-altering moments that just really kind of shake you out of your slumber. So is there any way to, uh, I don't know, just, like, just cause you to really introspectively look at life, like the way the accident caused you to? Yeah, well, what we need are people around us to kind of jar us into a frame of reference and a mindset to think it's not all about you. And we're successful, we're educated, we're intelligent people, and we need to just go, this is the right thing to do, just from a human perspective, is to not think that everything revolves just around us. And so I coach guys every day, and they're getting it. They're like, hey, you know, I trust you, I believe in you, and I understand. You know, we don't know what we don't know. And then when we're coached into it and we're taught and by people that we respect and look up to, they go, maybe I ought to pay attention to this. Guys are paying attention to it now. I've got clients all over the U.S. and they're listening and they're saying, hey, you've been successful in your own right and in business and in life. Robin and I've been married 35 years now. And they say, you must be doing something right. You know, or you wouldn't have been married that long and had eight successful businesses and people just build a trust in you. And that's why they hire me as their coach. And so I just say, Hey, let's pay attention to these things. Grant, I had a client recently made a lot of money and he called me one day and he said, I heard you on a podcast interview. And he said, I've got more money than I'll ever spend, but I still feel hollow. And I want to hire you as a coach. I heard your interview. And so he flew to Nashville and we met and then he flew back again multiple times. And what we discovered was, is by looking at his balance sheet, that everything he was doing was about himself. 
And I said, you're doing nothing for the community. You're doing nothing for other people. And he said, I hadn't really thought about it. I mean, because all the success had been just for he and his wife and his children. He started doing things for other people, and it radically changed his life. What is it about that, that getting outside of your own bubble and helping other people? Because I think for a lot of people listening, we're all driven, motivated people. We want to do well. We want to do successful. But oftentimes, the, any level of success that we have can come maybe at the expense of others or just being so narrow-minded and, and focused. So what is it about just looking beyond our own little bubble that helps us to kind of break out of that? Well, I think we've got to first identify kind of what success means to us, right? Because we're supposed to take care of our family. And so we got to identify what success means. And I had to sit and take a long look at that, you know, after that accident. And I said, what is it I really want? I want to live my life proactively. I want to live it on purpose. I want to live it forward. What is success to me? And I started thinking through and jotting down some of the things that were really considered successful, if you will. And I thought, you know, for me, I've been an entrepreneur since I was 18. I've never worked for anybody since I was 18 years old. I'm soon to be 55. And I said, choosing my own schedule and having a sense of financial freedom is successful to me. And I'm thinking, okay, there's nothing wrong with that. And then I thought there's more to success for even me than that. And that's having an engaging family and meaningful relationships. And I know, Grant, you and I are friends, and we've built a relationship. Money is important, but nothing takes the place of that relationship. I'm a real family-oriented person. I think that you ought to put it in this order. Christ is first. I'm a Christ follower. Second is my wife. My children come next, then my grandchildren, then my job, and then relationships. And we've got to get the pecking order right. And so success for me was having that engaging family, meaningful relationships, some of the other things that I thought what are important to me, and I wanted to have a clear conscience. I wanted to be sure everything I did in life that I could lay down in bed at night and say, hey, I didn't cheat that person. I gave them more than they were asking for. I under-promised and over-performed. I want my conscience to be clear. Having a clear sense of direction, having meaning and purpose in everything that I do. And at the end of the day, the legacy that I want to leave is that I took care of my family. I was a wise guy, and then I looked out for others. And so you got to kind of measure what success is. You know, Robin and I have sat on the front porch for years and kind of planned our life. We said, what do we want it to look like three months from now, six months, five years when we retire? What do we want to look like? And we delayed gratification in a lot of areas of our life to obtain the real goal. We didn't really compare ourselves to the Smiths or the Joneses. We wanted to design a life for us, so we did it intentionally. Then I started looking at significance. And I thought, well, what Bob Buford spoke about, you know, living a life of success and then going to significance. I said, what does that even mean, you know, to be significant? I started researching my own mind and thinking, really, it's meeting the needs of others. It's like, how can I help Grant propel his business? What can I do to lead clients to him? How can I empower him, encourage him? What are some of the things that I can do to meet his needs? I tell people when I coach them now, I say, if you really want to develop a strong relationship and be significant to somebody, I said, learn to fully engage with that person. Enjoy the now, the conversation that's going on. Look at them in the eye intently and stop waiting your turn to talk. See, most of the time we're just thinking about what we're going to say rather than listening 
to the relationship, whether it be a client or a family member. Grant, you ever been to a restaurant with somebody new that you haven't eaten with before and you're sitting there and you're trying to talk to them, carry on a conversation? Every time the door opens, they're looking to see who enters or they're looking at the tables around you. They're more interested in other people than they are in your conversation. Sure, sure. Well, I try to fully engage with people, and you've got to do this intentionally because it's difficult. It takes practice, but look at people in the eye and listen to what they're saying. You'll enjoy that conversation much more, and they will feel a sense of he's really interested in this conversation. So for me, that's significant, helping others when they can't repay you. See, that's another thing. Our motives get really skewed sometimes. You know, the selfish business side of us will go, hey, I'm going to help Grant because He can connect me with this guy or that guy. See, our motives are skewed. What we do now is look for people intentionally that can't repay us. We'll be at a place and pick up their meal or we'll be at a place and pick up a utility bill. And we'll do that anonymously. We even take our grandchildren. I love to go to Waffle House and we'll take the grandchildren to Waffle House and we'll let them pick out a table or two at random and anonymously pick up their meal. And the grandkids are having a blast. They're learning generosity, but there's no way those people could do anything for us. So the list could go on and on at what we could do. It's prioritizing our goals with other people in mind. It's delaying your personal gratification for the betterment and the advancement of others. And then having the foresight to invest long-term so that you could potentially impact generations to come. These are the things that we could do to be significant. I like it. Well said, man. Let's backtrack a little bit. So you do a lot of the coaching today, a lot of the personal development with others, but you also, like you mentioned, you've had eight different businesses. You've been very successful in a variety of different ways. So let's backtrack. You said you started working for yourself at age 18. What were you doing back then? You know, I started when I was 13 working at a local pawn shop. I didn't even know what a pawn shop was. And then I fell in love with that business at 15. I met a couple of guys that had a lot of money at 18 years old. And I approached them and said, let's go in business together. We'll take your money and my experience. They said, how much experience could you have at 18 years old? I said, I've been working at this pawn shop since I was 13. So after two or three months, we formed a partnership. We went into business. The Lord really blessed our business and it took off. We paid off a 10-year loan in 36 months. When I was 21, we opened our second store, 25 our third store, 26 our fourth store. Cash America, Fortune 500 company, they're located in Fort Worth, Texas, was growing through acquisition at the time. And they came to Nashville and said, we want to buy your store. I turned them down three times. And finally, they said, if you were going to sell, what would you take? And I told them, they said, we'll take it. And I'm like, what? I said, are you serious? And they said, yeah. I said, we want to be in Nashville. you got the best stores here and we're willing to pay the money. So I was done at 27. And then I found out shortly thereafter, 18 months later, I gained 50 pounds, you know, and my wife said, Hey, what are you doing? You're getting into bed in the middle of the day. You're getting lazy. You know, I said, I'm bored. I don't have any purpose. I don't have any reason to get up. So after 18 months, I went back, bought the pawn shop that I started with 50% of it. We spent the next 10 years building that business. Then I had that automobile accident in 2001, kind of changed the paradigm shift of my life and went forward. So that's kind of a review of the things I did. Went into construction business, you know, after that, after I took about a five-year break, I went in the construction business and we built high-end custom homes. For about eight years, we became number one builder in Middle Tennessee, three consecutive years. That was pretty cool. And then at 50, I retired. 
I'm in a mastermind group with Dave Ramsey and Dan Miller and Ken Abraham, some of those guys you may or may not recognize their name, but they said, you're too young to quit, man. You got to coach. And I said, I'm not coaching anybody doing anything. And they said, you've got too many years of marriage and too much business experience to sit on the sidelines. You've got to coach. So anyway, those guys talked me into it. I went through Entree Leadership Mastery Series as a gift from Dave, and then I went through Innovate from Dan Miller and those guys were just awesome. And they said, Avery, you have got to coach. You're natural. And I said, I'll give it a try. Grant, it just blew up. You know, people started calling me. And now we've started mastermind groups. And I run three of those. We have the community. Guys all over the world have joined that now. We share resources. You don't have to do one thing forever. You know, I mean, I'm a creator developer. I'm not a maintainer manager. When it gets boring and it's mundane, I'm ready to go. Let's start something else. Let's build it. And so I've done a number of things, construction, pawn shops, owned a diamond exchange, you know, just a number of different things. Yeah, I think that's probably one of the big reasons why I've always resonated with you is the the need to just, you're looking for a new mountain to climb. You're looking for a new challenge. And the idea of just getting stagnant and just kind of doing the same thing forever and ever gets a little boring. So I want to backtrack for a second. You mentioned that you convinced a couple of guys with a bunch of money to let you open a pawn shop when you're 18. Like, how do you do that? Because you're 18 you don't know what you don't know. And you're just figuring stuff out and stumbling along in life. So where did that level of confidence come from that you felt like, nah, maybe 18, but I know what I'm doing here and I know I can make this work. You know, when I was little, my mom would never allow us to say can't. She'd say, you might not be able to do it, but you're going to at least try. Well, as a result of that, it developed a lot of self-esteem because I would try something and it would work. And I'm like, dude, I can do this. You know, I mean, she had a little saying. She'd say, can't, couldn't do it, and could, did it all. And so I've developed that as my right, life say that mantra. Again. Say that again. Can't, can't, couldn't do it, and could, did it all. all right. So I developed a mindset of, what is it? Yeah, I can do it. Now, what is it? it? Just give it to me. Well, my wife uses it against me now. She'll say, I'm not sure you can do this. And I'm like, oh, now i got to do it. Now you've <laughs> thrown the challenge out there. Well, I had that mindset early. And I thought, you know what? I can ask these guys to go into business. What's the worst that can happen? They can say no. Okay. So the answer is no if I don't ask anyway. Right. So I went up and I said, listen, yeah, I want to work. I don't want to go to college. I've got an education, but it's the school of hard knocks, you know, so I've worked hard all my life. But I didn't go to college. Matter of fact, I graduated from high school my junior year of high school. I had enough credits. I went to night school and summer school for a year and a half. So I didn't have to go my junior and senior year. So I wanted to work because I knew what I wanted to do. I wanted to be in the pawn shop business. And so these guys were buying diamonds and gold from me for about two years. They were hedging against inflation. They owned the 21st largest insurance agency in the country hmm. at the time. This was back in the late 70s. And I just went up to them, you know, and I said, listen, y'all got plenty of money. Obviously, you're spending all this money on this diamonds and gold. And I obviously have the experience now. I know I'm young check on me, see what you think. And they did. They called my local church. They called my school. They called business people. And they found out I wasn't Charles Manson. You know, they said, this guy's okay. He's a pretty good guy. He's young, but he's energetic. And see, that's what I think sold them on me is I was ambitious. I wasn't afraid to ask. And so they thought, hey, why not give this guy a shot? You know, I mean, of course, they're watching. They knew what was going on. And then uh, when I'm 18 years old, we go to the bank. We sign a note. They said, we want you to have skin in the game. I said, I'll sign a note. I have nothing to lose anyway, right? Where are they going to come get? I don't have anything. Right. And so I did. And, you know, there again, the Lord just blessed it and it took off. It was amazing. But we worked so hard. It's not easy. You know, we put in long, long days. Robin and I got married two weeks out of high school. 
And so we decided to maintain our lifestyle at a very low level to delay gratification. So like Dave Ramsey says, so later we can live like no one else. We decided to put the money back into the company. So instead of increasing my lifestyle, getting a bigger house, having a huge mortgage, but getting a bigger car, we poured all the money back into the company. Well, as a result of that, we had four stores by the time I was 27 years old because we didn't suck all the money out of it. Now I've got something big enough that a Fortune 500 company wants. I could have done it the other way. I could have bought a bigger house, but I wouldn't have money to grow the business. I think where guys get in trouble today is they want gratification immediately. It's like, yeah, I'm doing good. I'm making money. So they go out and, you know, they get into debt up to their eyes and they just what they can make the payment on. They go and borrow money and buy a bigger car because they want to impress their neighbors and they want to have that prestige and they want to have, you know what I'm saying? And that stuff really is irrelevant. What really matters is, is building a solid base early on and doing it right to begin with. So later you can live like no one else. What's the balance there? Because I think there's some people that are listening that are doing well and they are trying to figure out what's the balance between I've been busting my butt and so I want to live like no one else on the second half of the equation, but at the same time, I still want to make those sacrifices so we continue to grow and build something. Like, What's the right balance there? Well, there's always a tension. You know, you'll never get to a perfect balance. People ask me all the time. I wrestle with us all the time, and I just teach people to embrace the tension. It's a really good place to be in that tension spot because it's kind of like the guidelines that hold you in the center of the road. If you're not feeling that tension, you're probably going to do something bad. At least you're trying to do it right if you're feeling that tension. You know, the good news is is that there's tension. The bad news is there's the tension, right? right. It's always there. And I can't say that this is the right spot for you. What I will say is that you need to determine early on what you want. I even wrote a document called, what do I want? And there's about 25 or 30 questions in this document. It's live your life intentionally. I had a meeting this morning with three guys and we were talking about that very thing. The guy said, well, when I get there, I'll be back to normal. I said, well, what is there? He said, what do you mean? I said, you said, when I get there, have you identified what there is? He said, that's a really good question. And I said, well, what we don't do is we go out there and we just make a bunch of money and then we create our lifestyle. See, create your lifestyle prior to making the money in your mind or on paper. That way, you know, when you get there, you know, when you've won the other way, you don't know. And you're always moving the bar. People say, when I make $50,000, I'm going to be happy. Well, see, I challenge that, and I say, well, what's going to happen? You're going to get $50,000, and you're going to move the bar. Well, I can do that, so if I make 100 then I can be happy. And it's always living over there. Like, when I get there, then I'll be happy. See, happiness is not a trait. It's a choice. We elect to be happy today if we choose to. See, I want people to learn to be content without being complacent. Yeah. See, I love moving the needle. I love growing things, but I'm going to choose to be happy today. You know, this is September. We're recording this. I'm going to choose today to be happy. Sometimes I'm not very happy because our circumstances allow us not to be happy. So I don't want people to think, well, bad things are happening. You're happy. It's not that. It's not the pattern of my life. So see the wreck? That's what the wreck did to me. See, I could step out in front of a car just like that guy did, and it'd be over and always living for over there, you'll miss a great life. 
And so live and plan your life intentionally. What do I want? Establish those things early on. Then you'll know what to do to get it. Do you think most people know what they want? Because it's kind of like, you know, no. you, don't, don't, no, you don't know what you don't do know. Not. So how, they, okay, so in that case, like, how do you plan ahead? How do you prepare for, is 50 the threshold that I'm looking for, or 75? And not just from a financial standpoint, but just like, I don't even know what I want my life to look like. Because I think that's the spot where a lot of people are at right now is, is listening going like, I know where I currently am is not where I want to be, but I don't have a clue where it is I do want to be. So how do we begin to identify that? Nobody can decide that but you, right? There's some people that want to have a great big business. They want multiple employees. There's other people that don't want any employees. I don't know. See, I can't decide for Grant how to live your life. Only Grant can decide for Grant how to live your life. I know for me, the quality of life that I want, I know how much money it's going to take me to live that quality of life. I know how much time I want to work. I know how much time I want off. I just decide what would be utopia for me, right? Is it running a company with a thousand employees? Is it being a solopreneur with no employees? Where's my giftedness? Like, am I really gifted in this area of administration? Am I gifted in this area? Really evaluate yourself. I wrote another document called a personal assessment where you really look at yourself. You go through there and you ask, what is the identity God's given me? What are my ideals? What is the career that I really want? How do I do on relationships? You know, what is it are my needs? You know, where emotionally and physically, what are the things? You have to do a self-evaluation. See, where we live is people want bigger, better, shinier, more, faster, but they don't identify what that is. Like I can tell you right now what kind of car I want. I know I don't need a Ferrari, you know. I want a Toyota Land Cruiser or whatever. That's what I enjoy. So identify those things. Where we get caught up is I want a bigger house. I had a client recently that hired me 18 months ago, and he said, we're going to build a bigger house. I said, okay, good. Why? He said, well, we've got a baby on the way. I said, you can build a bigger house because you got a baby on the way. And he said, uh, yeah. I said, how much room is this baby going to take up? <laughs> and he said, well, what do you mean? This guy's 31 years old. And I said, well, how much room is this baby going to take up? Well, not really much. Then why are you going to build another house? Well, it just feels like my family's growing and I need a bigger house. I said, well, why don't we think about a bigger house two or three years from now, when the baby gets out of the baby bed, maybe you'll need another room. So he thought about it for a minute, and I said, how much do you owe on your house? He said, I owe $180,000. And I said, how big is it? And he told me, and I flew out there to Tulsa, Oklahoma, where he lives, and evaluated his business and looked at it. I said, why don't we stay here for a little while, and let's pay down the debt a little bit, and then consider another house later. So then he took that approach. He said, well, we're going to remodel and add on. I said, we're right back to where we started. And he started laughing. So fast forward 18 months, he's paid off his house. He really concentrated. He got gazelle intense. He paid off his house. He owed $580,000 on his business. So instead of building a bigger house, we concentrated on the snowball effect, as Dave teaches. We paid his business off. So now he's got a house. He's 32 years old. He's got a house paid for. He's got a business paid for that's worth quite a bit. He's still living in the same house. He said, this house feels good all of a sudden. I said, isn't it amazing when this thing, now he's got freedom. He's got financial freedom. If he wants to work today, he'll go to work today. If he doesn't, because the borrower is servant to the lender. And if you don't want to go to work and you owe $500,000 on your house, you're going to work anyway, right. because you got to pay that mortgage. 
But now he's enjoying it. He sits out in the backyard in the afternoon, plays with his kids. He said, at some point, I may add on or I may not. Now he's got a choice because he is focused on the right things. And now he doesn't have that debt hanging over him. He's understanding that more is not always better. Greg McCowan wrote a great book called Essentialism. Uh And you discover what is the vital few things that are most important and you get rid of the non-essentials. Greg teaches in his book that we can only do a good job at two or three things. See, we take and focus our energy on 15 different things, and we end up no good at any of them. We're an inch deep and a mile wide. But with Greg's perspective and essentialism, he says what we need to be is an inch wide and a mile deep. Now we can charge for our services because we're an expert. It's the same way with our life. When we focus down and we niche in on the things that are important to us, all the distractions go away, and then we can live a life intentionally, and we can live a life on purpose because we've designed exactly what we want. Do you think the guy in Tulsa, the, the client that you referenced, do you think he would have identified that without the outside perspective? Because sometimes we, you're just so close to it that you just can't see what's obvious to everybody else. So why is it that important to bring in some of that outside perspective? And where do we find those people? Well, you know, it sounds like a sales tool because I'm a coach. So, you know, I can't say you would or wouldn't. I can tell you what he said. He said, I would have never seen this until later, maybe. He's young. He's 31 years old. He hasn't had the life experiences. I don't want to ever demotivate anybody. I want you to have your aspirations and goals and achievements and bigger if that's what you want. All I'm trying to get people to do is to identify what you want. Don't just get more for the sake of getting more. It's the undisciplined pursuit of less. What is it that you want? Just identify those things. Sit on the porch with your mate and go, what is the life we want to live? We don't have to live it like the Joneses or the Smiths or our best friends. That's their life. They can do what they want. What do we want collectively as a couple, as a family, and identify those things? We're so unindated with the pressures of the world of bigger's better. Let me just tell you, I had a great big house on top of a hill, 186 trees in my yard, concrete driveway, gate, all that. It was beautiful. But it was killing us, the time that we had to invest to maintain that place. I said, Robin, it's just us. We sold it. We bought a smaller house, half the size, back in the woods. We have a quarter acre of grass. We're back in the middle of the woods now. I feel like I got my life back, right? People didn't care about that house. They care about the relationship with me. And we were devoting all of our effort and energy to that house because it was prestigious. Now, let me just tell you, Grant, I'm going to be totally transparent here. So I went to my accountability partner after that, and I said, Mike, I'm struggling a little bit. He said, what do you mean? I said, my buddies are going to think I'm not doing as good now because I sold the big house on the hill, and we've got this smaller house now. And I said, I'm struggling. It's my pride. It's an ego thing. Yeah. So we worked through that, and I thought, you know what? It's mine and Robin's life, and we're enjoying it, and it's for us. It's not about impressing other people. And I worked through that. I confessed it. I said, hey, I don't want to be this way. But the truth is I am that way. We make so many decisions, Grant, based on other people's perception of what we should do. Hmm. And I'm just going to tell you, when you tie your identity up into tangible possessions and your identity at work is tied up in your title, when you lose that stuff, who are you, Hmm. right? And so our identity, quite honestly, if you're a Christ follower, is in him, is in Christ. And that's enough. We don't need our identity tied up in tangible possessions or identity or titles at work. And when you live that way, you can totally relax and enjoy your life. 
Yeah, very true. I know you mentioned that you put together a couple different documents, a couple different tools and resources. Tell us a little bit more about those, where we can find those. Well, here's the thing. I'm going to give them to your audience. Is that cool with you? Can I give them a gift? You're going to just give them to us? I'm going to give them to you. Here's what I've done. I've created a landing page, and it's called viewfromthetop.com forward slash grant, G-R-A-N-T. I knew you would like that. I like that. Grant, all in lowercase, <laughs> viewfromthetop.com forward slash grant. Here's what I've done. I've taken the prices off. There's no charge. The personal assessment, three-page document, really dive into yourself. What do I want? There's 30 questions on that document. You identify exactly what you want out of your life. People say, I get it now. I know who I am. I know what I want, but I don't have a clue what to do. I wrote steps to a productive day. It starts you out early in the morning. It walks you through your entire day. It's kind of a to-do list on steroids. And I'm going to give you all three of those. Just help yourself. Go to viewfromthetop.com forward slash grant. And I hope those documents is used as a catalyst to forward your life to be more successful and significant. Beautiful. We'll definitely link up to that in the show notes. Thank you so much for that, the generosity. Really do appreciate that. And here's what I'd like to do for our bonus time together. We're going to stick around for a few extra minutes. I'd like us to dive back into that question of what do I want? And I know you mentioned you got a document on that that'll help us, but maybe you and I can just kind of dialogue on that for a couple minutes because I think that's a big thing people are trying to figure out is, again, I'm doing this job that I don't love, I don't hate, and not just my job, but just my life. I'm just trying to figure out what is it? that I want out of life. I got a blank slate in front of me. I can make it to be whatever I want. And I'm just not sure where I want to go and what direction I want to take. So let's dialogue. Let's chat a little bit about that. We're going to talk about that in the bonus round, which you can download for free in the show notes link of this episode. So that sound good for you. That's great, Grant. Guys that want more of what I'm talking about, we started the community. It's $37 a month. You interact with hundreds of people all over the world in a closed group forum. I teach four webinars a month. If you're interested in doing that, go to viewfromthetop.com. There'll be a little box pop up, join the community, and you can take your life to heights you never dreamed possible. Beautiful. All right, buddy. Well, appreciate the time. Appreciate you sticking around with us for a few extra minutes. The bonus round, we'll see you over there. Sound good? Thanks, Grant. All right, there you go. You enjoy it? Good stuff? You like it? And I just every time I talk with Aaron, I just I just feel inspired. I just feel encouraged. I just wanna I don't know, I just wanna go win the world, whatever that means. I just I get excited about life, and he's a great dude, really, really great guy. So uh, as always, uh, feel free to download the bonus material. Again, you can find that over at grandbaldon.com slash podcast, or click on the show notes link of this particular episode, and you can uh, download that as well if you would like. All right, I think that wraps up today's episode, boys and girls. We'll be coming back to you next week, so uh, don't miss out on that. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe to the show. Leave us a rating or review within iTunes. We love, love, love hearing from you. Read every single one of those and we appreciate the support appreciate anything that we can do to help and uh, serve you and what you're doing on your journey to find and do work you love we will catch you next time thanks for listening to the how did you get into that podcast with grant baldwin don't forget to visit grantbaldwin.com for all the show notes and links discussed in today's episode we'll see you next time